Hello, welcome to Mod Midwives, a Metro Midwifery podcast. I'm Gina Gerboth. And I'm Nedra Hale, and we are home birth midwives serving the Denver metro area. Well, we keep waxing poetic about how close to the end of the year it's getting. Yes. And now it is really getting close. Oh my gosh. It is almost Christmas for those of us who celebrate Christmas. It is getting... It's getting very close. Very scarily close, and I have not wrapped a single thing. I did my first wrapping last night <laughs> at 8 p.m. <laughs> and just for your reference, it is today, December 19th. Right. Yes. This will this will um, publish on December 24th. Yes. <laughs> We're not actually doing a podcast on Christmas no, Eve. No, no. So we thought that we would do a play on the 12 days of Christmas. Yes. And we have come up with t- <laughs> 12 myths and facts about getting labor started. Yes. Is that what we called it? I think it was, I think we were going to say natural labor induction with air quotes, but natural but, air quotes. But getting yeah. labor started sounds pretty good too. Okay. Well, <laughs> 12, let's just look at 12 ways to get things going. Yes. This is partly precipitated by the fact that we are about to have a baby storm. Yeah, we've got a few people due over Christmas, and yep. so far none of them have nope. had their babies, so, you know, we're starting to bite our nails a little bit. Just kind of start to wonder how they're all going to shake yeah. out. So, But they, they're pretty good about picking their own days, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's hope that they are just as thoughtful about it this year. Yes. So, what's the first one on your list? Um, why don't we start with just the regular stuff that people can do at home? Yeah. Supposedly to yeah. get labor going. Mm-hmm. So let's start with pineapple. Oh. I know. It's one that I don't, I've never really mm-hmm. recommended to anyone or read much about. But Did anybody tell you to eat pineapple? No. Did you ever go past your due date? No. Me either. <laughs> so we are maybe not the best people to have this. Yes. I mean, I, I do remember feeling like I wanted the baby to come. And, and I feel like I tried some things, but I I don't know. Pa- pineapple was never on my radar. And what's the thought behind pineapple? So I did a little bit of reading on it. And um, it, I guess it has bromo, bromelain, bromelain yeah. mm-hmm. in it. And uh, it... I guess it does something to ripen the cervix, hmm. uh, but it seems like you have to eat a whole bunch of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I've heard of I've heard of pineapple and bromelain for he- tissue healing, like uh, scar tissue yeah. healing. Mm-hmm. Oh, now that you mention it, I feel like I've taken it as a supplement for my TMJ. So oh, TMJ. Yeah. Maybe it makes things like supple. For, yeah, I that would know. make sense. I couldn't really figure out what the mechanism was exactly, which... Yeah. Which was true for a lot of the things I researched, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, Um, it it surely mm -hmm. doesn't have very many risks associated with it. No, I mean, to me, the risk of the pineapple method would be that you have to eat a whole bunch of pineapple yeah. and it's really acidy so it might yeah canker sores be like, or whatever yeah like um acidic to your mouth mm-hmm. and maybe upset your stomach and i don't mm-hmm. know it's probably not that great coming out either if you oh, eat a whole bunch really, of yeah. <laughs> i'm just going to guess and also if you happened to go into labor loose stools are such yeah. a common early yes. sign and so that might be uncomfortable yeah. for sure so as a person who I mean, I like pineapple, but only in small amounts. I probably wouldn't go for that personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So. Yeah. I, I actually, this is, I'm already off topic. I have issues with pineapple. Like sometimes it really does bother me. It almost feels like an allergic reaction sometimes. Yeah. I do that too. Like it makes my mm-hmm. mouth itchy. Mm-hmm. Mine too. Mm-hmm. And kind of like tingly and yeah. not right. Mm-hmm. So I probably wouldn't do pineapple either. Mm-hmm. I love pineapple, <laughs> but okay, good. What about walking? So are, are we going in reverse order? Oh. So this is number 11 or is this number two? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> on the second day of Christmas, my, uh, I guess it's number two. Okay, number two. <laughs> so walking. Um, I didn't research this one, but this is one we always tell people, right, mm-hmm. to stay active. And um, I mean, I don't really tell people to walk to try to get the baby out, but right. it's it's a healthy activity to do at the end of right. pregnancy. To, and it might yeah. help encourage the baby to get into a good position, yeah. which would facilitate mm-hmm. um, labor. It seems to me like sometimes people are having a lot of Braxton Hicks, which are, you know, non-progressive labor contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're not labor contractions. They're non-progressive contractions. Um and it seems to me like sometimes people have a lot of that action going on when the baby's not in a good position. And then once the baby gets into a good position, those early contractions will start to pick up and you yeah. kind of cause that feedback. Of so labor. you're saying maybe it's coincidental that it that walking... I think it might help, might okay. help get the baby in a better position, okay. which might help make... Okay. The early contractions more yes. productive. These are big mites. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I didn't do research on this one either. So. I mean, so even even in actual early labor, I I only encourage walking for the purposes of having something to do mm-hmm, and to, mm-hmm. you know, keep baby in a good position and that kind of stuff, but not necessarily to make mm-hmm. labor progress because mm-hmm. it's it's also something that can make you tired Exhausted. too. Exhausted. And mm-hmm. if you have any kind of hip discomfort or yeah. pubic symphysis discomfort, walking right. is not going to be your friend. Right. But exactly. sitting around is not your friend either. Definitely. So yeah. good. Okay. good. Good. Okay. Number three. Number three. Let's talk about dates mm. so this Date is one fruit. i'm not really not really familiar with either i mean i was a little bit but um there's some new research mm-hmm. out there yeah. about dates. i've heard about it it's fairly compelling mm-hmm. but small studies so yeah. um i think that dates are said to decrease the length of gestation mm-hmm. so you're less likely to go way overdue yeah I think they're supposed to decrease the length of labor. Oh. And they're supposed to decrease um, postpartum hemorrhage. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't get to that part when I was reading about well, it. Well, there are different studies say different things. I couldn't, again, couldn't find a reason why. And I have maybe no it's just idea. that I didn't dig deep enough, but in terms of like the mechanism for right. how it is affecting I don't know the either. body. And it's really interesting because dates are a staple in a lot of cultures Mm -hmm. and so I wonder how that impacts their labors yeah that was um evidence-based birth had some Mm -hmm. information about that specifically um so oh yeah they did talk about that yeah about um countries that eat a lot of dates do they have better birth outcomes um (laughs) well now I have to reach back into my brain but it but I just remember seeing that go by Um, so we'll refer you to evidence-based yes it seemed like it 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 did seem like everything was like a like it did have a positive connection I was really Mm -hmm. hesitant to jump on the date bandwagon at first because Mm -hmm. there was one study and it was 60 people 
and um and then everybody started recommending dates yeah like it just became it seemed like it was like a fad or something it was it did and I was really (laughs) hesitant to jump on and there's been a couple more studies and it's Mm -hmm. I think it's yeah it's definitely piqued my interest um one thing that I would say just um that would uh at least deserve some some uh looking at is to make sure that the person that's eating the dates doesn't have any trouble with sugar blood sugar yes. oh my gosh you're right they are so sweet yeah so sweet yeah so good point probably not for people that are working through gestational diabetes mm-hmm. and that kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. great point or even hypoglycemia i would think that it yeah. would be you would need to keep that under a little more tight right. control i think so too yeah good okay so we'll put that in our maybe list yeah. Like, I feel like walking and pineapple are in the anecdotal list. Yes. And the dates and are the dates like, are maybe, maybe there's maybe. something to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, good. What else is on the list? Um, you pick uh, one. Red, red raspberry leaf tea. Okay. That's a good one. Um, so I used to, like a lot of midwives, say definitely this is great. Do the red raspberry, you know, it's cause it's a really old and ancient midwife yeah. remedy. Right. Um, and so we used to encourage it, uh, pretty regularly, uh, towards the end of pregnancy. Uh, and then in my first practice, we kind of got away from it because it seemed like there was a connection between it and irritable uterus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not really much else. Like it didn't mm-hmm. seem like it had any, I mean, positive. Again, impact. we have like a, you know, teeny tiny little uh, right. population. Even in your busy practice, it's still yeah, not It just seemed like it, it made a lot of Braxton Hicks contractions. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so we, we kind of didn't really recommend it after a while. Um, what about you? And I've never really routinely recommended mm-hmm. it. I I have a thing <laughs> that I picked up early in my apprenticeship, which was that I was observing midwives giving so many things to people to do mm-hmm. that it I started to see people doubt their body's natural ability. Oh. And they would say, I didn't get my tea yet. I'm really worried I haven't started it by now. Mm, and interesting. I feel like that is just as damaging as some of the other yeah. things that we tell that the medical model tells pregnant people. Yes, that um, is kind of what leads me into the evening primrose oil, oh, which yes, is yes. Um, that's something that we used to do routinely, too. And um, I got away from it. Um, I, I still did it when I got to my uh, practice in Colorado. Um and I got away from it for almost the exact same reason that it, even though I actually thought it worked really well, it, yeah. I thought it, our bodies work, right? This is what we believe when we are in this field of work is that our bodies work. And, right. and so if we are routinely recommending a substance to make our bodies work better, is that the right. right message? I think it's not. Yeah. I think it's damaging. Mm-hmm. And another thing about evening primrose oil is actually the evidence is not great. It's actually, there's some evidence that it increases pro, um, pre-labor rupture of membranes. Oh. And a longer labor. 
So oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> that seems really counterintuitive. Something like uh, I saw in Aviva Ram's website, something like five hours longer on average. Oh, I would love to read about that because that just doesn't make any so sense. So counterintuitive. Yeah, I mean, because the whole point is that we're trying to soften the cervix. And I bet all it's of that. because it leads to pre-labor rupture of membranes, which mm, increases so the length of connection. labor. Mm-hmm. I would, I would bet sense. dollars to donuts. That's the. Oh, I'm gonna do some more reading on that. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree that it's, I think that that birthing people should be given the message mm-hmm. that their bodies know exactly what to do yeah. when the time is right and shouldn't be Yeah, you um, don't doubting need this thing. Your, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and then you had said something about, you know, still on the evening primrose oil topic um, about blood thinning. Oh, right. So I'd heard somewhere along the line that it was potentially a blood thinner. Um, so I couldn't really find any great evidence, oh, okay. but I did find some recommendations to discontinue it before surgery because okay. it might have an impact on clotting. Mm. So given that okay. birth is a bleeding activity yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, we, uh, we also recommend that you discontinue your fish oil, which there's a ton of information about how great fish oil is, but we still recommend that you discontinue it at right. 36 weeks. Yeah. I think that. I think that there's potential harms to EPO, evening primrose oil, and I would, I would caution people against taking it. I might recommend it if we had a client who had a previous cesarean birth and didn't get very far into labor. Their cervix didn't dilate very okay. far. I wonder if it could have some application yeah. in a situation like that where people needed to get a little well, – it would just so be so individual on – yeah. I mean, I'll tell you anecdotally that we absolutely swore by it for years and mm-hmm. we would do like a vaginal application that people would do at home. So, um, I mean, and they would also take it orally, but so it was like lots of it, but, but we definitely thought it softened the cervix the and yeah. You know, and let me actually just rethink what I just said, which is that I probably wouldn't recommend it for VBAC because I think that those are the people that need the strongest message that their bodies oh. know what to do. Yeah. So I take it back. So don't don't plant any doubts. I take it back. <laughs> I you know, that would be the only time I would think maybe it could have a use, but but I think it's more important that we stay strong with your body knows what to do. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. How about spicy food? Yeah. Um I don't know. What do you think about that? It's. I think it's no way. I mean. Not even I a chance. did not try that personally. I mean, maybe it would cause diarrhea if you weren't used to eating spicy yeah. food. And then it would have the same yeah. effect as something like castor oil, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. It just goes back to the same thing. Like, I want to know what is the thing mm-hmm. about the spicy food that is supposed to Mm-mm. do and anything. And if, if that was true, people in countries where... That you in really, cultures that eat spicy yes. food would never Yeah, because we would, I mean, over. in the United States, we cannot even, on our spiciest day, compare to some other right. cultures. Right. So I'm going to say I think that is definitely in my no category. Okay. Okay, uh, so, oh, EPO. So we were kind of saying oh. yes, yes, maybe no. EPO is probably a no for me. I'm going to put EPO in a no. That you don't think it works or that you don't think you would well, do I it? Well, I don't think it works. I think we have evidence that it doesn't oh, work. And yeah. I guess it depends on what you're... What does work What mean? is the measurement of it working? And if, if the Causing measurement... Causing pre-labor rupture membranes is not, not a good... Yeah, so yes. not shortening labor. <laughs> That's not really what we um, want to accomplish. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so spicy food gets a no for me. 
Yeah. I, I feel like I'm on You're on the, the X no. I'm like, si- I'm like Simon Cal. It's a no for me. <laughs> I don't know what number we're on. Uh, okay. I think that might have been six. Okay. So number seven, let's pick, um, how about acupressure? I don't know much about, I would say I'm not very knowledgeable about so this. So people say you should not get deep tissue massages towards the end mm-hmm. of pregnancy because you might hit those points Pressure at points. the, mm-hmm. um, like towards the ankles and feet and the one that's above the ankle bone, three mm-hmm. finger breaths above or whatever. I mean, I guess yeah. I know where the point is, but I don't know much about, I don't know much about it either. Although I remember in my doula days that, um, and please like understand that I am not a knowledgeable doula anymore. <laughs> that was like a long time ago, but I remember we did like the, the one on the roof of the mouth with the thumb sucking and the um, like between the finger and the thumb. And then the um, like they would grip the combs to get the bases of the mm-hmm, fingers. Mm-hmm. And like there were so we just would had a client just to do that comb method. Mm-hmm. A couple yeah. Ago. It, but that was like in labor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To get it started. So my friend uh-huh. who probably doesn't listen to the podcast, but I hope she does. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jen. That doesn't even <laughs> identify you because there's so many Jens. Yes. <laughs> uh, she swears by it. She had, um, I think she had pre-labor rupture of membranes, and mm-hmm. then she ended up at the hospital early and needed to get labor started, and her doula came and did it, and, and oh. she went right into labor. Again, I think that's so anecdotal by the time your right. brains are ruptured. It's hard to say. Right, because you've had the prostaglandin release right. and all that stuff. I believe it could it could be true. I don't have any personal experience about it. So I mean, you know, I love my Chinese massages, which are basically reflexology mm-hmm. so much. Like, yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. So I really think I believe in reflexology. Yeah, yeah. I believe that so you believe I in it. I think that it must, <laughs> there must be a connection. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I think, it, why though. not? Yeah. I believe that you believe. Yes. I always feel like I have to like totally convince you that I believe in something not conventional. You're you're right about that. <laughs> but I think I believe in reflexology, or at least it. I mean, it, I just feel like it makes my body feel so much better mm-hmm. after the pain yeah. is gone. I think. I mean, like we've talked about so many times that the body is very mysterious, and I think all of these things have, you know, yeah. have yeah. merit in some way. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna put uh, acupressure is seven, number eight. Can we is... do like Mythbusters? Like, this is oh. plausible. <laughs> it goes in the maybe, it goes in the maybe. Okay. For me. Yeah, okay, plausible. I, ooh, I like that. I like me some nerdy science. Man. Okay, so I'm, th- I'm doing X Factor and you're doing okay, <laughs> Mythbusters. Mythbusters. <laughs> it gets a maybe for me. Okay, so number eight. Uh, do you want to do sex? Okay. I think that that is, um, so this is something we've taught forever in childbirth classes, right? Is that um, sex brings the baby out. What what puts the baby in brings Brings the baby baby out. out. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So semen has prostaglandins in it. That is true. And Mm -hmm. prostaglandins that they induce with in the hospital, at least with the gel that they used to use was... Mm -hmm. Derived from bovine semen. Really? And oh my gosh, that just yes. totally makes me want to throw up. 
Oh, yes. So I think it's 100% true. It's, um, however, I think it's probably a little more complicated when we're talking about just like regular old intercourse. I think like we, we used to tell people to, you know, like when you're trying to get pregnant, you put your butt up on the pillow Mm -hmm. and like same thing with trying to get any kind of effect from the semen is that you put your butt up on the pillow Mm -hmm. and, and then it just seems like really a big well, annoying process. And the, the, the semen is only one, or the prostaglandins mm-hmm. are only one piece. The other piece would be the oxy, oxytocin mm-hmm. from the orgasm. Right, right. So I used to say, go have sex and it has to be good sex. <laughs> so, because you need to can't have an be, orgasm. Can't be regular old sex. <laughs> no, it can't just be too bed up on the pillow kind of stuff. <laughs> You've got to enjoy it, which is not an easy task sometimes yeah, at I mean the end it's of so pregnancy. individual sometimes it is totally easy for people at the end of pregnancy and sometimes mm-hmm. it is totally not mm-hmm. so and it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be partnered sex mm-hmm. although then you don't have the semen right ben, you know benefit yeah but the benefit of orgasm is you know yeah. that's definitely yeah. a piece of it that does not require a partner um I would say there's some research on this it's, yeah. it's not great research, but there's some research on this. Mm-hmm. So it probably yeah. goes into the yes. Yeah, I think so. File. Absolutely. All right. That was number eight. Number nine. Oh, let's do nipple stim as a okay as a follow-up to okay. sex. So nipple stimulation also releases oxytocin. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your success been with nipple stimulation? Great. Um, well... Okay, so I'm mixing up the, like, augmentation of labor and Mm -hmm, starting mm -hmm. labor. I mean, so augmentation of labor, fabulous. I think it works really well. Mm -hmm. Starting labor, I think it's too annoying Mm -hmm. to start labor. (laughs) And it takes some persistence. I find that people often don't have the persistence that it takes. Yeah, and I think it's irritating to the nipples. Mm -hmm. And you're about to breastfeed a baby. Yeah, so I would probably, as a provider not recommend it to induce labor it just like it just seems like oh you you don't well I I usually include it as part of my if we really are going to work on getting this baby out oh like if it's a like a focused induction yeah yes if it's a focused induction and we're like this is the goal is that we're going to get someone that's 41 weeks and five days I think part of that package it works really well but like sending somebody home with instructions to do nipple stim I think uh, it's it's likely to cause irritating contractions while you're doing it and then peter out yeah so yeah but as as a part of the package yes I think it works really well yeah um I usually recommend a breast pump over manual stimulation Mm -hmm. just because it's easier to sustain and I recommend 20 minutes on and 40 Mm. minutes off the pump yeah and and you do that a few times so it's that sounds good it's long and it's boring and it's yeah it's not the best but I would agree I wouldn't just have somebody do it to just try to get things going on their own right FYI, I feel like we should interrupt with a public service announcement here. (laughs) Your midwives would appreciate it if you would talk to them about any decision to try to get things going because we may be at a birth at the moment that you're thinking it's a good idea to get something started. We might have been up all night. Induction is one of those like conversations. Conversations, yes. (laughs) We get to have a little bit of say in that if you want a well rested midwife. Yeah. PSA is over. Thank you for listening. <laughs> so for my part in this nipple stimulation conversation, um, I 
sometimes we'll have them do the breast pump, but most often we'll do like the shower and like, oh, like just, a shower head and just thing? having no, just having them just manually do it, like oh. the baby's sucking on them. Oh, so it's I think that works really well with with the hot water. It seems it like. probably causes less irritation mm-hmm. than the breast pump does, but. Sometimes I think the breast pump works better, too. So I think it just depends on what the picture mm-hmm. is in the moment. Yeah. So Let's talk about our last three things. Okay. And then we'll circle back to the kind of wins and wears. Okay. So That's we kind good. Of, I kind of touched on it, but. Yes. So maybe the next step up would be sweeping the membranes. Okay. So these things require yes. a healthcare <laughs> provider participation. Yes, <laughs> yes Nedra, they do. <laughs> so um, You may not sweep your own membranes. No, please don't do that. That sounds like a really bad idea. Um, and plus, it's really hard to reach. I can tell you that. <laughs> yes. Hence my little... She's giving me the eyeball right now. Um, so Nedra is what we call non-compliant. I, I'm very non-compliant. That's true. Um, sweeping membranes, I think, works great. I think it's not for everybody and not for every situation for sure. But as a thing, if you're getting close to needing to transfer out of home birth care because you're mm-hmm. getting close to 42 weeks, I think it works mm-hmm. really great. Of course, your bishop score... Right. needs to be good and um, for those of you that don't know what that is it's um, it's just a, a score that's assigned to the cervix that um, tells us um, how ripe and ready it is right. for like how receptive. for labor yeah how how receptive to induction yes yeah. so yep 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 um oh sorry I'm to... <laughs> what's happening over there I'm having a problem sorry my nose is dripping okay um I was going to say the same thing about Bishop's mm-hmm. score is that it's going, all of these things are going to work better when your cervix is already ready. Yeah. Which begs the question of would it have, how much are they helping Would anyway? it have done it on its own without the stuff? What do you generally consider to be like this was effective or not effective? Um, if it works within a, within 24, 24 hours. hours. That's sort of yeah. my, my barometer, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, honestly, labor has a 15% chance of starting on any given day when you're full term. Right. So, so you never really no, right. know. It could be, <laughs> could be or not be. But um, So that... Uh, oh, I was going to explain what sweeping the membranes is, too. Mm-hmm. So you, the provider inserts... Sometimes called a stretch and sweep. Stretch and sweep. Yes. Membrane sweep. Yeah. Uh, any other words? Hmm can't think of anything else Mm. the provider inserts one to two fingers two fingers usually into the Mm -hmm. cervix and then kind of tries to get in there and separate the amniotic sac from the lower uterine segment so there's a little um it's sort of like breaking adhesions yeah and that releases a fair amount of prostaglandins Mm -hmm. and it can be crampy Mm -hmm. and uncomfortable like some people don't find it uncomfortable at all and some people report it as being quite uncomfortable so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um it should always be done with a conversation Mm -hmm. oh yes because i've heard yes i have heard that too that people sometimes get their membrane swept without their knowledge or consent and Mm -hmm. that should never happen it's completely unacceptable yes Yes. And a discussion about risks and benefits. The main Mm -hmm. risk is that um, you can rupture the bag of water, Mm -hmm. which I've never done. Mm -hmm. So it's not a common thing that happens, but but it can happen. And you should know that. And once your water breaks, 
there's a clock ticking. We are stuck having mm-hmm. a baby. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So not to be taken lightly, though it works really well. Yeah. And there's pretty good mm-hmm. research that serial membrane sweeping is even more effective. So starting um, at 40, uh, sorry, 39 weeks in first time moms decreases the chance mm. of going past 41 weeks. So having a couple sweeps mm, before okay. you have your baby is that makes sense. One way to potentially head off going way overdue at the past. We will usually not recommend it uh, routinely at that right. point. So it's mm-hmm. if it's something you're interested in, you kind of want to make sure you ask about it. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about before, we generally like the body to work on its own and have faith in the body and all that stuff. So if you're interested in doing anything like this, we definitely. Yeah. Probably are waiting for you to say something about Right. It. We probably won't remember or even think <laughs> yes. to offer it. So. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, good. So membrane sweeps takes us, let's see, that was number 10. So that takes us into the fully The bulb. two big things yep. left. So we think fully we've bulb moved is next? Up the, I think so. Okay. Oh, it's more related to membrane sweeping. True. Um, okay. So this is definitely in the category of something that is in my opinion, really reliable for a, mm-hmm. an induction technique that is non-pharmaceutical. Mm-hmm. So um, so basically a Foley catheter is placed into the cervix mm-hmm. instead of into the urethra where it usually goes. <laughs> I'd rather have it in my cervix. Thank yes, you very much. Me as well. Um, and then the little balloon that is meant to hold it in your bladder, you know, and its regular application is... Um, expanded with fluid uh, saline solution and it um, puts some gentle pressure on the cervix mm-hmm. and it kind of pushes the so cervix open slowly. So it's what we slowly. call mechanical dilation. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. mechanically opens your cer- yeah. cervix. And again, it's pretty crampy reportedly. I've never experienced this myself, mm-hmm. but um, crampy but not not terribly so is what I've heard and um, it works really well. And then mm-hmm. it at um, four or five centimeters or so, it falls out, and hopefully mm-hmm. the person is in labor. And I think it's supposed to happen, what, within 12 hours or something. Mm-hmm. And we probably yeah. wouldn't recommend that this is just to see what you can do to get labor started. No. This is usually part of a package of let's get things going. Right. <coughs> but there's a, you know, this kind of thing is like a purposeful, there is a reason for an induction, and we are proceeding with purpose to get this done Mm -hmm. (laughs) this wouldn't be anything we would do if your water was already Mm -hmm. broken no this would be something that we were doing to help your cervix become more favorable for labor Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it works really well I've only done it a couple times and it's worked 100% of the time (laughs) so there's my huge yeah I've only done it I don't know, like four times or something. Mm-hmm. So not very many, and it it, it uh, has worked every time. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe because it's part of a package deal, but mm-hmm. but it is something to think. No, about. but I definitely had the experience where it just they're just in labor and mm-hmm. nothing else mm-hmm. is required. So mm-hmm. it, I yeah. think it, that's really nice. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we do this by request. People have every night, they have a night of contractions that are uncomfortable mm-hmm. and they just don't go anywhere overnight and they're kind of mm-hmm. starting to get really tired and they just kind of need to get things going. That's been a situation where I've done it. But the other time was that we were really pushing that yeah, 42 it's week that, mark. That late term mm-hmm. baby. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> time to get yes. going. <laughs> um, good. And so that takes us to our 12th. Mm-hmm. 
natural the big, addiction. The big one. Which is, we believe in castor oil. <laughs> <laughs> and when she says we believe in it, we just, we believe that it works and not that no. we like to use no, it. No, 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 yes. <laughs> It is the big guns of quote unquote yeah. quote. I wish I could you could see the natural or the air quotes around natural, but mm-hmm. um, it's kind of the big guns. It's the thing that seems mm-hmm. to really get going. Yeah. So, so talk talk to me about why you think it works. Um. Well, I mean, it's the mechanism. It, the mechanism is really clear. It's it is irritating the intestines because mm-hmm. if you don't know, castor oil is a laxative mm-hmm. and it. Um, it's a pretty powerful laxative, mm-hmm. so it gets in there and irritates the um, intestinal lining, and it um, causes prostaglandins to be released in the intestines, and mm-hmm. both of those things together, I believe, is mm-hmm. what starts yeah. the uterine contractions. Um, I absolutely think it works. I've used it mm-hmm. many times, mm-hmm. and um, and then I went for... Uh, I think we just talked about this. Like, I didn't use it for years and years for some reason. And um, and then I just used it again recently for someone. But it, so it's like many things that comes and goes. But it um, when you need it, I think it, yeah. it works really, really well. Yeah. And um, the main downsides is that it's not pleasant. Correct. Yeah. So you get. Which isn't a risk mm-hmm. so much as a side effect. Right. Or it's a, not. Yeah. It's, it's not a, a risk. a con. Um, there's actually a lot of evidence, again, on evidence-based birth. I love, I love that website. Um, I read a little bit about this today that, um, there's some good information about it not being harmful. So all the Mm -hmm. things that they say Mm -hmm. about, like one of them I've heard is that the baby might, Mm -hmm. um, pass meconium as a result of it does not Mm -hmm. seem to be true. I mean, that is the Mm -hmm. perfect example of a confounding factor Yes, because most of the Mm -hmm. time, when you're desperate enough to try castor oil, you're well past your due date. Right. And babies that are well past their due date are more right. likely to pass meconium. Right. So it's it's a classic. I use it in my classes as Do an you? example all the time. These classic two things, confounding factor. They go together, but they are not connected. But they're not related. Yeah. <laughs> yes. but the mechanism for the baby mm-hmm. passing meconium makes no sense. No. At all. No. Like no. <laughs> <laughs> the oil does not get into the baby's yeah. body. So it seemed like the main the main downsides were just nausea and discomfort and that makes perfect sense it is it is kind of ooky and um so i have a castor oil baby oh you do Uh (laughs) um i've never gone past my due date but with my third my water broke at 39 weeks and nothing happened for 12 hours and back in the day we were even more restricted on time than we are now Mm -hmm. and so my midwife said okay take the castor oil i'll meet you at your house and so water broke at 6 a.m. I took the castor oil at 6 p.m. I started contracting about 8 to 9 p.m. And mm-hmm. I had a baby by 1 a.m. So oh. it worked really fast yeah. and really effectively. It does work really And I well. did sit on the toilet a lot during that yeah. labor. But by the time the baby was coming out, it had all cleared my system. Yeah. The timing is, is usually just like that. that. Yeah. You know, it's so there is a lot of diarrhea involved for most people. But it is gone yeah. Well before the baby comes. Yeah. So And again, we would reiterate that this is not to be done. Please, please, please <laughs> not do not do this on your own. Yeah. And there's there's recipes and there's ways to yeah. do it right and yeah. it's not something to just you don't just take a tiny bit of castor yeah. oil and there's rules. Yes. And we are here to help you. So if yes. you if you feel desperate enough to do something, please talk to us because 
there are safe and unsafe ways to do everything and we do not want to I mean some people have their babies really fast when they take castor oil and I mean there's just all sorts of things that needs to be monitored yeah yeah it's definitely not just to mess around with yeah um so why didn't herbs make our list as we created our list we didn't even really talk about that except for red raspberry oh yeah I mean um, the induction like herbs. the mm-hmm. I just think it's absolutely not safe for people to take the the big herbs to mm-hmm. try to get labor going it's mm-hmm. it definitely needs to be under somebody that's really knowledgeable about herbs and I I don't know I don't mm-hmm. know how I feel about it in general I mean anecdotally again mm-hmm. we just don't yeah. have big enough populations yeah. but anecdotally with um, some of the herbs I've tried in the past uh, I've seen an increase in postpartum hemorrhage, and I just I'm not oh. comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable in increasing or you know yeah. introducing risk that didn't need to be introduced. Yeah, so. that's hard when you've seen a connection that you think you know just like experientially is mm-hmm. is there. And I don't I don't think that there's research to back that up, but it mm-hmm. makes me it definitely puts it in the no for me because I just yeah I need to know that something's safe before I recommend mm-hmm. it. Yeah. That's kind of my thought. And I'm not saying it's not safe. I'm just saying I think it probably does need to be mm-hmm. under the supervision of an herbalist that really, really yeah. is familiar with all of mm-hmm. the things in the person's history and the yeah. appropriateness of this treatment for that person and yeah, all of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it just goes into that same category again that I do like to let the body work on its own yeah. if possible. And, um, yeah. and so almost all of our clients slash my clients um, – don't have to do anything right they just like they just have their babies and that's what we want you know so (laughs) that is the way that it happens most of the Mm -hmm. time by far like a vast majority Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah I feel like herbs are medicine and I feel like we're treading a thin line when we're Mm -hmm. using herbs yeah uh castor oil feels different to me it's a again it's more of a mechanical action less of a chemical action Mm -hmm. and even the chemical actions of breast pumping or nipple stimulation mm-hmm. orgasm those are different because they're your endogenous chemicals right you are just you're kind of like kick-starting your own mm-hmm. chemicals and if it's not going to work it's not going to work mm-hmm. you're not forcing something that mm-hmm. is not appropriately timed yeah yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right well i think we've made it through our list of 12 <laughs> yes so for and i'm these... left with the feeling of let's just like let the babies come I know, me too. <laughs> it's also a lot of work sometimes to yeah. get things going and So like the magical the magical solution is patience, maybe. Yes. That's Except the... when you're knocking on the door of having to transfer out at forty two weeks. Yeah. That, that's the that's the wild card. But yeah. I think for most people it's just just try to wait I it mean, out. I think that the ruptured membranes with no labor is a perfect opportunity. Oh, that's for, a really good, yeah. We need to, that one needs to get going. And mm-hmm. you're going to, the option is going to the hospital and getting a mm-hmm. pharmaceutical that is, agent. And that's really the place for castor oil, I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. And I think it works better in those situations, mm-hmm. even, even better than it normally mm-hmm. does, which I is agree. really pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we just want to wish you and yours a happy and safe holiday season. Yes. And um, we will see you before the new year one more time. Yeah. Or not see you. <laughs> Talk to you. <laughs> Talk to you. Yes. Before the new year one more time. And then um, we're really looking forward to. Uh, just a, a whole new year of 2020 and great things to talk about. I know. It's going to be the 20s. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's really awesome, though. 
It's like it's I, really I, I love awesome. the coach hats, so it's the perfect decade for me. Oh yeah, is that what they're called? Uh-huh. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is totally futuristic. <laughs> I'm really more 1950s, and I've got a long way to go till well, we see, get back to that. My problem is I like the 1950s and 40s dresses, but I like the 20s hats. I don't know how I'm going to make that work, but we'll see. These <laughs> dresses are not right. So we've already talked about that. That is not right for my body type at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, happy holidays, everybody, yes. and we'll see you. Um, on social at Metro Midwifery and at our website, www.modmidwives.com. Thank you for joining us. Bye.